What? College matters. What? College, college matters. matters. Really? For sure. College matters. Alma, Alma matters. matters. There's obviously the money, of course, that's as a financially independent student, um, that has helped me significantly. Mm-hmm. Um, but more than that, there's the connections that I've gained to fellow Goldwater scholars, the support I've received from them. The Goldwater mm-hmm. Scholars community is truly a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a whole bunch of uh, committees and initiatives. That I've been lucky enough to be on the, the executive council within that um, mm-hmm. within the um, community. That is Sophia Barber, a Goldwater scholar pursuing a bachelor's degree in neurobiology at the University of California, San Diego. Hello, I'm your host, Venkatrama. Sophia was a good student in high school. While she was not much into extracurricular activities, she did a lot of reading. Her immediate family members have a neurological condition called Chacot-Marie-Tooth, or CMT for short, disease which motivated her to want to go to medical school. When time came for college, Sophia decided to go to Pasadena City College for financial reasons. Sophia joins us on our podcast to share her undergraduate college journey, the undergraduate research at Pasadena City College and at UCSD about winning the Goldwater Scholarship and her advice for high schoolers. Now, before we jump into the podcast, here are the high fives, five highlights from the podcast. So um, I started uh, my college journey uh, at a community college. Um, I Mm -hmm. went to Pasadena State College for two years, and then Mm -hmm. I transferred um, to UCSD. Mm-hmm. Um, I joined a research lab at my CC um, at the end of my first year of college uh, and said, we're going to be starting this uh, project utilizing Python. I had zero Python periods at all yeah. whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I set up an email and I, uh, dear Dr. Ashcroft, uh, I listened to your talk. Um, I have no Python experience, but I'm willing to teach myself and I would love to have the opportunity to uh, help out with your project in any way I can. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, sure. When I applied to Goldwater, I hadn't yet been able to step into the lab because of COVID guidelines. Yeah. Um, so I based um, the a big part of the Goldwater application is writing a research essay. Yeah. And so I wrote the entire essay on the, the nanoparticle antibody project, but on discussing how I had done all of the background research and proposing the project as something that I was planning to do once we were able to start getting into lab. So I work in a neurobio lab. Um, I was lucky enough to get into the one lab at UCSD that specifically studies the condition that my uh, mom, sister, and grandfather all have, mm-hmm. um, which was truly an absolutely wonderful opportunity. Uh, I'm unbelievably grateful for it. I think in going into research, it's very focused on working with other people and learning how to collaborate um, effectively has been um, such a wonderful skill to, to, you know, develop and gain. These were the high fives brought to you by
College matters. Alma matters. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Now, I'm sure you want to hear the entire podcast with Sophia. So without further ado, here is Sophia Barber. If you're ready, we can jump right in. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So um, maybe let's just start with sort of your overall experience um, at the undergraduate as well as with the UG research uh, so far. Yeah. So um, I started uh, my you know, college journey uh, at a community college. Um, I mm-hmm. went to Pasadena State College for two years, and then mm-hmm. I transferred um, to UCSD. Mm-hmm. Um, I joined a research lab at my CC um, at the end of my first year of college. Um, and mm-hmm. it's quite interesting, because uh, I, I, I initially planned to do um, med school only. Um, I actually didn't think I was smart enough to be able to do research. Um, but I knew it was um, a uh, not a full requirement, but was highly recommended to do some kind of research mm-hmm. um, before you applied to medical school. So I, I reached out to um, a professor at my community college and thought, asked if I could get involved with his research over the summer. He said yes, um, and I kind of dove in and immersed myself and found that I absolutely loved it. Um, mm-hmm. and it made me decide to do a, an MD PhD. Uh, I have a, a, a couple of family members who have uh, neurological conditions. Um, mm-hmm. so I decided mm-hmm. to major in neuroscience and to do, um, an MD PhD and, um, study those, uh, specific conditions. So it's, awesome. it's, it's been an interesting journey, but I'm, I'm loving it. So. Maybe we can start a little bit about um, your high school, what you were like, what your interests were, and then we can talk about uh, the community college, Pasadena Community College, yeah. Yeah, Um, so I went to um, a a pretty good high school. Um, I did fairly well academically. I got mostly A's, Um, I got some B's, Um, Mm -hmm. but I didn't apply myself to extracurriculars. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, you know, going into college, I, I realized how important that was to mm-hmm. immerse myself in those extracurriculars. Um, I was mm-hmm. the kind of student who, um, while they did well, I would um, come home. I, I lived with my grandparents in middle mm-hmm. school and high school. So I would come mm-hmm. back to my grandparents' house and I would uh, read books and hang out with my grandparents until about 9 p.m., 10 p.m. at night. And that's when I would start on my homework. And I'd be doing homework till 2 a.m. in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um and then I just, I, I, I spent time with my grandparents and I, I read my books and I really did it, immerse myself in extracurriculars. So I think that was, that was one thing that I, um, when I started college, I made it um, a priority to change. Uh, I started college working 24 hours a week, um, mm-hmm. which with my schedule now isn't as intense as I thought it was back then, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> 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 um, but I, I made sure to, you know, while working, try to start getting involved in the pre-med clubs at my CC um, and just kind of um, to, to, to really immerse myself in my community at my, my CC in the way that I really did do when I was in high school. So tell us about your CC. Um, so um, what was, you know, what did you go in for and did you go in with a plan of 
transferring. So give us some of the mindset going in and then what your experience was there. Yeah. So I decided to go to a community college uh, for financial reasons. I had mm-hmm. my um, honors chemistry and AP honors chemistry, honors biology. Um, and then that same professor taught me AP biology um, mm-hmm. and the honors chemistry and my, my biology professor both told me that for financial reasons, I college first and then transfer mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and then save myself all of that money. Um, so that's, that, uh, was what I decided to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I entered PCC as a biology major. I mm-hmm. um, start off as molecular and cell biology um, mm-hmm. because I thought that was, I thought that was, that, that sounded pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I knew I wanted to do mm-hmm. biology, but I wasn't sure exactly what field I wanted sure. to go into. Um, and then the uh, neurological condition that affects my family um, started affecting my family significantly more than it mm-hmm. did when I was growing up. And I switched uh, my major to neuroscience upon transferring. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But um, I I spent my first two years at my community college. Um, The the very first uh, semester was in person. Um, Mm -hmm. I took um, the second level of calculus over the winter quarter. uh, It was a five-week session. Mm -hmm. And then the spring quarter, we all uh, ended up going online. So I yep. had my very first uh, semester uh, in person. The rest of my community college experience was online. Um, but I was able to, uh, I was commuting uh, from home at my, my CC from my grandparents' mm-hmm. house. Yeah. So I was able to, you know, invest the time that I saved in community in um, joining a whole bunch of uh, more clubs and organizations and uh, uh, committees at my uh, CC. found undergraduate research while you were at yes. uh, the community college so so tell us what what, what exactly did you do and uh, a little bit about not just the experience but uh, what impact it had at that point yeah um so i did i did a couple of things um so the 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 pi that i worked under is is still very very big on um giving community college students a kind of taste of what research is like um, which is very hard to find at the community college level. There's mm-hmm. not a lot of research that happens on that level. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a fantastic opportunity that I was able to, um, you know, have some research experience as a community college student. Um, but we, I, I started off, um, I, I met him at a, it was a Pi Day conference uh, that our community college hosted. Mm-hmm. And it was postponed because of COVID. So they mm-hmm. did a Pi Day times two. Mm-hmm. Um, and he talked at it um, and said, we're going to be starting this uh, project utilizing Python. I had zero Python periods at all yeah. whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I set up an email and I, um, dear Dr. Ashcroft, um, I listened to your talk. Um, I have no Python experience, but I'm willing to teach myself and I would love to have the opportunity to uh, help out with your project in any way I can. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, sure. Um, and so I joined his um I joined his group and I ended up co-leading um, uh, a couple different projects. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first was uh, using this uh, program called Data Classroom and teaching statistical analysis. Mm-hmm. And then we added a Python to that and I taught myself how to code that winter. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. And so we worked on that aspect of the project as well. Um, and then I ended up leading uh, with another student 
uh, a uh, gold-silver hybrid uh, nanoparticle uh, antibody conjugation project. We are trying to, we are starting out with gold nanoparticles and we are trying to mm -hmm. conjugate them to antibodies. Mm -hmm. uh, we are working with um, CSU Northridge and UC Riverside. Um, and the ultimate goal was to then move on to these hybrid gold-silver nanoparticles that UC Riverside had created, conjugate them to antibodies um, since silver has antibacterial, antiviral, and anti-cancer properties. Mm -hmm. um, and gold is um, uh, much more stable um, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. could potentially protect against the toxicity of the silver. So we had silver core, we had a silver core and then gold encapsulating it. And mm -hmm. the thought was if we conjugated that to antibodies, it could be led directly to a cancer site and work to uh, fight cancer. Um, while also fighting the symbiotic relationship between cancer and bacteria. So what, what, what were some of the takeaways from that? I think um, we, had, we had a lot of restrictions going into the project. I started the yeah. project uh, with the other student. We were um, essentially, uh, we were given the project. Uh, we were told that the, the previous groups at the CC had already left. They'd been working on it and they hadn't left us anything to work on, mm. um, to, <laughs> to kind of start <laughs> off with, uh, which I think was intentional to make us, you know, do, do the research ourselves and build everything ourselves. Um, sure. I think that was, a, that was a clever way of getting us, um, invested <laughs> to another level. Um, but we spent, uh, we, we were told, I think in November, um, and we spent all of our winter break. This is while I was trying to teach myself Python. I was yeah. meeting with her every day, um, trying to figure out what is an antiparticle. Uh, first of all, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> how do you conjugate that to an antibody? Uh, we were going through, we spent, um, hours and hours and hours and hours going through papers and trying to figure out what we were doing and how we might possibly do it and then building our what were going to be our procedures mm -hmm. and so we worked on that we were initially supposed to be able to go into the lab that January and right. then um the uh, the COVID cases spiked if I remember correctly and mm -hmm. the time we got we were able to go into lab we got pushed to March and so yeah. we continue working our procedures we developed you know figured out all right what do we need to order for the lab uh we had a whole bunch of students come join the project um mm -hmm. A little bit later on and so we were kind of getting them up to speed and applying for um uh conferences and all of that uh jazzy mm -hmm. thing, jazzy stuff yeah um <laughs> and then march rolled around um and we still weren't able to get into the lab and it ended we ended up having to wait till uh to april we had to wait mm -hmm. till april to be able to actually start the start a research and then we were only allowed in lab one day a week so mm. Tuesdays, I had a, an 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. shift uh, with the other student. And uh -huh. then um, we would meet. Uh, uh, the, the, the other girl's name was um, Sophia Isabella as well, which is quite ironic because that's my <laughs> first and middle name. <laughs> so we would meet um, uh, Tuesday mornings and go over it. And then we would meet after and figure out, you know, what, did it work? Why do we think it did it work? And then we would prep and then we'd have big group meetings with the rest of the group. We would go over as a group what we did that week, what did it work, what we're going to try and do next week to see if we can get any positive results. And I think that process of the months of, you know, going through the literature, trying to teach ourselves what nanoparticles mm -hmm. are, 
how to read scientific literature because that's that's a yeah sure. uh, something you have to learn how to do in of itself yeah um and 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 really just trying to learn how to how to build all of this to make a, a functioning project were really really key research techniques that um, I definitely learned while working on that project. Um, you mentioned that the previous group had done something and had kind of taken off, quote unquote. But um, how did you guys leave it, and did it? Did you guys take it to some next level? So we, by the time we we finished working on the project in June, mm-hmm. um, uh, we ended up. I ended up going to a um, a program in New Mexico. Um, learning about um, microsystems and um, more micro nanotechnology um, mm-hmm. stuff, working in a clean room. And then I had to immediately fly back after a week. Uh, this is what I was in uh, New Mexico in the clean room at UNM while I was taking my finals. And then mm-hmm. I flew back um, home, I spent a day at my um, visiting family and then t- jumped on a flight to University of North Dakota, uh, the School of Medicine for uh, an internship there over the summer. So I wasn't able to work on the project over the summer, but, uh, and a lot of the other students working on the project, they all, that year, we, almost all of us transferred and have, all of us had um, programs that we are involved in over the summer. So we had a new group come in um, the next August and they started working on it. And- From what I uh, recall from my conversations uh, with my old PI is he did the same thing he did for us. And he told them that they had to start fresh and couldn't use anything that we had. Okay. So they had to teach everything to themselves and figure out all the procedures. Um, and I don't think he let them use anything that, that we had done so far um, so they could, you know, learn how to figure it out. Um, but we had a, we had a lot of um, troubleshooting that we were trying to do. We met with, um, so a, a company that did conjugations to see uh, we, were, we were doing, uh, you know, conjugations slightly different than they were um, with different nanoparticles and everything. But we connected with them and went through the process to see what possibly could we do, we'd be doing wrong. One uh, key thing about uh, working in a community college lab is uh, the lab equipment isn't um, as extensive as you would find in a four-year university. So we are trying to do conjugations um, with equipment when we didn't have the correct equipment, um, we had a centrifuge and we needed the centrifuge to go to a higher RPM, mm-hmm. but the centrifuge that our community college had didn't have the capabilities to go to a higher RPM. So we're trying to figure out, okay, if we have it go for longer, um, will that work? But then the longer it goes, the more it heats up, we didn't want the antibodies to, jet, uh, to, to break, start breaking down. Um, so we're, we're trying to troubleshoot that. So we're meeting with a company, um, but we don't have the right uh, technical capabilities. I remember mm-hmm. we didn't have a, uh, a rotator either. So we're, we're doing it by hand. Uh, we, were, we, were at posters, we were at Posters the Hill, uh, the conference, and um, we're, we're both sitting at the computer and one of us, uh, we're switching back and forth between flipping our, our file up, upside down and right side <laughs> up <laughs> the entire hour back and forth when one of our arms got tired, we handed it off to the, to the other person and Sophia would start doing it on her end. Um, so it was, a lot, it was a lot of troubleshooting and trying to figure out how exactly to utilize the techniques that we had learned about without the proper technology to do so.
you transferred um, at that point or were you there another year at uh, the community college? I transferred at that point. So I, I, I worked on the project for about six months and then okay. I, I ended up transferring to UCSD. So I, I did the internship at North Dakota. I came back uh, to my grandparents' house for about a week, um, stayed with my family. And then I left for UCSD early uh, because I was, I, I was able to, um, I received a place in the UCSD Roots internship. It was a, an internship for transfer students that kind of introduce, introduced them to biology research. And I had done a lot of um, education um, mm -hmm. research. Mm -hmm. And then um, a lot of um, a lot of chemistry um, stuff. My, my uh, professor, the, the, my PI at the time was a, a chemistry professor. Um, so I had learned a lot of, you know, the, the typical biology research um, techniques. I didn't know how to do Western blots. I didn't know how to do gel electrophoresis. And so I um, was able to secure a spot and the internship that pretty much taught us all of those main techniques um, that allowed me to join a, a neurobiology lab um, shortly after the program ended, or actually no, shortly uh, before the program ended. Hmm. Um, so I got to UCSD about a month earlier, a uh, month, month and a half earlier uh, than the quarter started um, and, and have been out there ever since. Fabulous. Now, so, so you started uh, research at the community college in your second, second year there. Second year. Right? And okay. in my summer before my second year. So let's move from there to the Goldwater Scholarship. First of all, why did you apply? And then, what did, you know, uh, just your thinking behind it. And um, tell us a little bit about the research you were doing or what, what, you, what you really applied for in that, I guess. Yeah, um, so I applied initially upon assistance, uh, on the insistence of my uh, PI at the time. Mm -hmm. um, at my community college, I had been co-leading the education-based projects, uh, trying to increase students' understanding of statistical analysis um, and engagement in their, their virtual STEM classrooms, mm -hmm. as well as uh, we worked on a project to see how to best develop a, a virtual undergraduate research uh, program. Mm -hmm. um, and then I had the uh, hybrid uh, gold-silver uh, nanoparticle uh, conjugate, uh, antibody mm -hmm. conjugate that I, yeah. I previously discussed. Yeah. So I, I applied to Goldwater with those three um, projects going in. Uh, now, something to note is I had done uh, with the other Sophia all of the background and um, research that we had to do to, to kind of figure out what we were doing and develop our procedures. But when I applied to Goldwater, I hadn't yet been able to step into the lab because of COVID guidelines. Yeah. Um, so I based uh, the a big part of the Goldwater application is writing a research essay. Yeah. And so I wrote the entire essay on the, the nanoparticle antibody project, but on discussing how I had done all of the background research and proposing the project as something that I was planning to do once we were able to start getting into lab. Okay. Um, but uh, a lot of the application, uh, the big focus is they want to support students um, who plan to go into research. Yeah. And so I wanted to do um, an MD-PhD, but research was a very, very important part of what I wanted to do. Um, so mm -hmm. I had to explain why exactly uh, a medical degree would benefit me in uh, my research goals. Mm -hmm. um, 
which is, is really important for, for the scholarship because it is about supporting students who want to go into research. Yeah. Um, and then I talked about uh, my journey so far, um, uh, why I wanted to do research and um, the experience I had uh, in research thus far. And um, so, some life difficulties I talked about uh, there, there's an optional section where you can t discuss any kind of um, challenges that you've had um, sure. that have affected where you are now. So I talked about um, I'm a fully financially independent student. Mm -hmm. um, and so I talked about going to community college to save that uh, that money and how it was such a, 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 beneficial, a beneficial experience for me, um, both in terms of people I met and experiences I had and being able to get into research and also in terms of just the the base reason of why I went to community college of being able to, to start my um, transfer into UCSD without any debt. You know, what do you think worked in the application? How, you know, you obviously were awarded the scholarship. What do you think were, from your point I of think, view? I think I was able to um, show my, my love for research and how much I was excited to, you know, make that a core part of my career in the future. Mm -hmm. And I always, I think that the, uh, I think it's really important uh, when writing um, your Goldwater application. And I, I mentored um, a couple students this past cycle um, mm -hmm. in applying for the scholarship. It's really important to have a flow, to have all of, all of the pieces of your story kind of flow together in a way that kind of, um, makes your goal um, just that, you know, ribbon on top. Um, yeah. Make it all, um, you know, make all the puzzle pieces fit together. Um, and I think that's one thing that I spent a lot of time on in um, my writing is I talked about how, uh, you know, even in high school, I had, I didn't think that I was smart enough to go into research, but I had that those core um, developments that I, you know, I considered research as something that I potentially wanted to do. Um, and I, I talked about, I, I wrote, I wrote a, a, a small section talking about, I think it was, um, we, were, we, we made a plasmid, I think, um, mm. in like an AP biology class. Mm -hmm. uh, I, 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 I'm not sure if I'm remembering this correctly. It was, it was a long time ago. But sure. I remember um, going through this whole process and just having this moment of just being like, this is so unbelievably cool. Mm -hmm. I would be so happy doing this kind of stuff for the rest of my life. Um, and then, you know, um, it kind of, it really, really sparked a, an interest in research. So I talked about that, like that core memory from high school. Cause there was a section that talked about what your previous experiences that have led you to consider a research career. Um, and I talked about, you know, my, my family's neurological conditions uh, that mm -hmm. my mother, grandfather, and sister uh, all have a, a neurological condition called Charcot-Marie mm -hmm. Tooth Disease. It's a peripheral, mm -hmm. uh, peripheral nervous system condition. I talked about how that affected um, mm -hmm. my, um, you know, desire to go into research. Um, and, you know, I, I think my, my love for research and my value of research really, really came through in my application. How did the scholarship make a difference? How do you, how do you think it has changed you or made things different? Um, there's, there's, there's a number of ways. There's, there's 
obviously the money, of course, that's as a financially independent student, um, that has helped me significantly. Mm-hmm. Um, but more than that, there's the connections I've gained to fellow Goldwater scholars, the support I've received from them. The Goldwater mm-hmm. scholars community is truly a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a whole bunch of uh, committees and initiatives. That I've been lucky enough to be on the, the executive council within that um, mm-hmm. within the um, community. But we have a whole bunch of initiatives and committees trying to um, both um, trying to create make this community a um, a place where students can you know connect with each other and. Um, make friends and support each other in in their in their goals and dreams, and it's it's truly a, truly a wonderful place, and I'm I'm, I'm thrilled that I, I've been able to be a part of it, and um, you know been been able to to help it as it um, continues throughout the years. No, that sounds great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, John was talking about the community, and certainly a great thing, and it's been you know what is it forty plus years now, almost forty years, so. Um, there are lots of scholars in the other Yeah, lots group. of scholars. Let's move forward and talk about your transition to UC San Diego. So you go from a two-year to a four-year college. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that a huge jump? Was that transitional, simple? It was a little bit interesting. I think I had a little bit of a, a, a unique transition. Um, I think a lot of community college students especially when they transfer to a, a quarter system school uh, from a semester system school. Yeah. The quarter system just, it moves so quickly that if you get behind in the first couple of weeks, um, it's so difficult to catch up. And so mm-hmm. I learned that my first quarter going in, um, I started the quarter at the very beginning of the quarter. I had a lot of uh, personal issues start. Uh, my living situation became unsafe. I had to uh, start commuting from like 40 minutes away because I couldn't live in my apartment. Um, mm-hmm. And so I had a lot of trouble um, staying on top of my classes uh, when I was also trying to deal with um, that situation and uh, mm-hmm. making sure I was uh, safe where I was. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was it was it was a you know a lot of distraction from my school. Um, I was able to 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 get through the quarter relatively well. Um, but I think one thing that I definitely learned is that in the quarter system, especially when you transition, not only is the transition from semester to quarter a little bit difficult in mm-hmm. making sure that you change your, your time series in the, the semester system, there is in the beginning a little bit of a period where you can get to know your peers and you're kind of eased into the material a little bit more, whereas the quarter system, you immediately start, um, people start having midterms the second week. Um, yeah. So <laughs> you have to make sure that you are very, very, very on top of uh, all of the material and all of the information. And to do that, um, I did that while immediately jumping into uh, a, a research lab. So I was working in the lab um, while trying to transition. I had also um, helped found an organization um, working with uh, creating advocacy for uh, foster kids. So I was mm-hmm. very involved in that. Um, and at the end of the quarter, um, I was working with another friend for, we were co-founding another organization working with um, high school students. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was trying to manage all of that um, while also volunteering and being in lab and um, working with UCSD. I was living on campus at the time, working with UCSD um, to make my living situation a safe situation again. Um, and so it was, lot that I was trying to balance 
and then jumping in and transferring from a quarter system or semester system to a quarter system. I really, really um, demonstrated the importance of making sure that you are very on top of everything that you're doing so you don't fall behind. So how, how are the peers and the professors and the, you know, <laughs> you, UCSD? In yeah, my, how are they? How are they? I guess it's still there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my professors were absolutely amazing. I've had some truly wonderful professors um, who have just made learning. Um, I, I've always loved learning, um, but have truly made learning just the, the material so fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I think it helps that I'm, I'm taking all of my classes are, are in um, areas that I'm, I'm fascinated with uh, since I'm a sure. upper division. I can pretty much choose my which which classes I go into uh, for the most part but um, my professors have truly been amazing and the courses have truly been amazing Uh, and I'm so grateful that I was it was able to you know come to UCSD. Hmm. How about your peers? My peers uh, for the most part are great too. Um, I haven't had um, they're they seem to be very supportive. I know with going online um, I met some core peers um, at the internship that I started at um before the semester started and so yeah. I became very close with them um and um I know UCSD we had our first uh quarter in person and I was off campus uh for a lot of that portion uh dealing with the situation uh with my living uh and then the second quarter uh we were online for the first two weeks and then um most uh some of my professors transitioned completely online after that because uh, the COVID cases had spiked um, and then the other two professors had an online option. And so I took the online option and spent a full day in lab uh, Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would go to, I would spend all day in lab on Monday. I would half the day in lab on Tuesday, go to volunteering for the rest of, uh, for the next four to five hours, all day in lab on Wednesday, half the day on Thursday, volunteering for four to five hours. And then I would spend all day on Friday. And so I wasn't in the classroom as much um, as yep. I would say most people typically are when they transition to um, a four-year, uh, just purely because um, I was given the option to watch podcasts and watch recorded videos and um, watch uh, hop into a, a Zoom lecture, and I was able to continue my lab work, uh, which is what I, I decided to do. Um, so I wouldn't say I've had as much interaction with my peers as um, most students at this stage um, because I have been, um, you know, taking that time to, to be in love instead. Um, but, you know, from what I've seen about my peers, they all seem to be very supportive. Um, and, you know, they have Discord groups for our classes where they help each other understand, um, you know, uh, difficult concepts that they're struggling with, uh, which, was, which was really great to see. So let's talk about research at UCSD. What, what kind of stuff are you doing? So I work in a neurobio lab. Um, I was lucky enough to get into the one lab at UCSD that specifically studies the condition that my uh, mom, sister, and grandfather all have, mm-hmm. um, which was truly an absolutely wonderful opportunity. Uh, I'm unbelievably grateful for it. Um, I do a lot of work. Um, I do a lot of work with tracking lysosomes and mitochondria across various disease models. Right now, I'm mostly working with um, our Huntington disease model and all, our Alzheimer's disease model. Mm-hmm. And then I also, um, I do a lot of dissections association collecting uh, dorsal root ganglions um, mm-hmm. from in between the vertebrae of mice. Mm-hmm. And then um, we're collaborating with a separate lab that looks at uh, exonal strength and stress um, mm-hmm. with lasers and um, exonal cutting. 
So then they use the, the uh, neurons that I uh, collect for them for their projects. Um, and I use the neurons that I collect for my lysosomal mitochondrial tracking. And then I've also been involved in some preclinical projects um, looking at novel therapeutics. Sounds, sounds great. So where are you headed with all this? I'm hoping, um, I'm going to be taking a gap year, but I'm hoping to start applying to MD-PhD programs at the end of my senior year. Mm -hmm. um, and then I'm hoping to be able to do a PhD in neuroscience and then um, do research on um, neurological conditions and Charcot-Marie tooth disease in particular, um, while um, working in ideally uh, pediatrics as a, as a doctor, uh, pediatric neurology. I wanted to kind of talk about two things. One is, um, I mean, you've won numerous awards and scholarships. Um, what does that mean to you? I've just been incredibly grateful um, for all of the the you know awards and scholarships that I've I've been given. Um, it's it's actually a bit of a funny story. Uh, when mm -hmm. I was first awarded uh, the Goldwater Scholarship, I thought that it was a technical error on their website. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> um, so I they they sent an email, um, and I was I was aware of this before it came out on the website. They sent an email um, to all of the the scholars who are awarded scholarships at the same exact time as they post the list of students that are awarded the scholarship on the website. Mm -hmm. Well, what I didn't know is um, the congratulations, you've been awarded the Goldwater Scholarship was automatically placed in my spam. Mm. So <laughs> I checked the website and my name was on the website and I checked my email and there was no email in sight. So I'm receiving you know, congratulation emails from um, my mentors. And my initial thought is, oh no, I'm gonna have to tell them that there was a technical error on the website because mm -hmm. I didn't get an email. Yeah. Um, I ended up finding the email about 20 minutes later in my spam. Um, but I, I truly didn't think there was any chance um, that I would have been, been awarded a scholarship. Um, and I've just, I, I'm just so unbelievably grateful for, you know, the opportunities that I've been able to take advantage of um, mm -hmm. because of the support my, my, my scholarships have given me. Um, it, it's, it's truly been astronomically helpful. So, you know, you've been, um, you know, I think you've been into research, you mentioned right from high school, at least conceptually speaking, and then mm -hmm. you've done all this work over, um, the last few years, how how has the research changed you, or how has it impacted you? What what skills do you think you've developed that you feel are directly attributable to research? Besides the you know um, general you know skills of like how to how to work in a lab, which I think are, yeah. are really important. Um, I think I've learned, um, you know, how to work with other people a little bit better. I think in you know your classes, you have a lot of um, focused um time where you work on things by yourself um and mm -hmm. it's a bit of a one-man show um because mm -hmm. it's it's essentially at it comes to you needing to learn the material yourself um yeah yeah and i think in going into research it's very focused on working with other people and learning how to collaborate um effectively has been um such a wonderful skill to to you know develop and gain mm -hmm. it's yeah truly 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 incredibly important Cool. Now, what about uh, writing? You mentioned writing quite a bit yes. early on and your application for Goldwater also. Was writing something that you 
were pretty good at right from school or is that something that you think you developed over time? I would say both. Um, I, I would say for me, it's helped that my, uh, my mother was an English teacher. So mm-hmm. anytime that uh, when I was a kid, anytime that I would say anything wrong or my sister would say anything wrong, um, she would sit us both down in front of a whiteboard uh, and give us a lecture for about 20 minutes on <laughs> the correct use of grammar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so <laughs> I, I think there was, there was um, that, that influence was really helpful growing up. Um, and, you know, really developing my writing, but I have noticed significantly, uh, that my, the, the way you write science and the way you write English are very, very different things. Um, yeah. and so learning to write science was definitely a skill, uh, that I really had to learn. Um, and so that's been very, um, something that it, it, it takes a bit of, it takes, you know, a bit of time to learn to write and read, um, to write and read science. Um, and I think working in a research lab and just needing to do both um, mm-hmm. has been um, a, a great takeaway from from my experience in research. Yeah, you mentioned earlier about reading uh, scientific articles, and um, and I, I you know I agree with you that it's you know starkly different from obviously reading a novel. Um, but what do you think were a couple of key points? you'd make about reading scientific stuff? I mean, what is it that you needed to do differently? I think when you're reading scientific papers, especially when you're starting out to read scientific papers, it's very easy to get um, caught up in the, oh my God, I understand none of what they're saying. Everything's (laughs) new to me. Um, What am I reading? Um, So that's definitely something (laughs) I experienced. Yeah. I think it was very beneficial for me, especially when I was starting out to focus on the abstract. Uh, it's basically a summary of the paper. And mm-hmm. so if you can get through the abstract and, you know, take your time, look up all of the technical terms that you don't understand. Mm-hmm. I downloaded a program called Mendeley, uh, which has mm-hmm. been so helpful for me, both in terms of organizing um, the papers that I read, which I still, I still need to do. I'll admit I'm very, very bad at organizing the papers I read, but mm-hmm. I learned, um, I wish I had downloaded it sooner. Um, when I was initially starting to go through the process of reading papers, I was taking the uh, a physics class online, and COVID mm-hmm. had started. Uh, this was this was when I very first started reading. But I was I was in the process of uh, reading papers. I had about sixty tabs on my computers of different papers that I had started reading, and that I was keeping track of, and that I. I I had a mental image of like where everything was and what I needed to know, but I didn't remember, you know, all of the names of all the papers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I went to take a physics exam online and they had a lockdown browser and I get mm-hmm. to, the, to the exam. I start the exam and it closes all of my tabs and I lose <laughs> all of the papers <laughs> that I had found. <laughs> so I learned shortly after that to download a software that could store my papers for me so they don't get lost when my browser closes. Sure. sure. Um, so I find Mendeley super helpful for that. Um, and then I'm also able to annotate the actual uh, papers themselves. So I highlight uh-huh. things. I'm able okay. to write comments on things. So that's what I do a lot when I read papers. Um, and any words that I don't understand, I'll look it up. I'll put it in a comment box. The comment box will appear beside the word. And so I'll slowly go through the abstract, make sure I understand the abstract, and then I'll continue from there. And it's very, when you first read a paper, it takes hours. It took me so many hours to get through one paper, um, just p- 
purely because I'm having to look up almost every other word to understand what it means. And then going through graphs and trying to look at graphs and then the analysis and trying to understand how they got from the graph to their, um, you know, their, their analysis of the the data. Um, It it takes a long time. Um, It's, can be frustrating initially, um, but it's it's very 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 beneficial um, because the long, the more you do it, um, the easier it gets. Awesome, awesome. So, Sophia, um, you know, uh, what would you tell high schoolers? What kind of advice would you give them? You know, first about research, and second about the undergraduate process. Yeah. Um, I would say when you're going into research, um, first of all, first of all, spend the time. Uh, if you have, if you have the resources, spend the time going through the resources available to you to find a lab that you think that you can fit in. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important to find something that you're interested in. I know for sure. UCSD, uh, when I was looking for the labs, um, I spent hours upon hours upon hours upon hours going through um, the different biology uh, PIs that they had uh, in their different portals. They have a portal for the med school, which is the one my PI is in. Um, and mm-hmm. they have a portal uh, for the overall, like, you know, UCSD uh, research because um, the, the, mm-hmm. the schools are, are, are separated in their, their, right. their portals. Uh, and so I spent hours upon hours going through each portal, trying to find PIs that study things that I was interested in. There were so many things that I was interested in. I was specifically looking for sharp memory juice disease, which I, I found in the medical school portal. Um, but if you have the resources, spend the time, you know, you know, narrowing down what you think you'd most be interested in and then find a lab that studies that. Because if you are passionate about your research, it makes research so much more fun. But sure. the caveat to that is, if you don't have a lot of resources, any research experience is good experience. And when I entered um, my first project as a community college, I didn't think I would love um, what I was doing. It wasn't biology research. I was um, working on understanding statistical analysis, which, well, unlike math, is not ideally what I wanted to do research on. But I recognized that it was a good opportunity and I took advantage of it. And I am so grateful that I did that um, because it exposed me to research and then gave me the the, the skills I needed to succeed um, in what I'm doing now. So any you can to be involved in research, regardless of whether it's something you're absolutely fascinated by, um, is good experience. And to just, you know, throw yourself into it. And um, I think it was it was very helpful for me. Um, to essentially give my all whenever I'm whenever whatever I'm doing um, to just you know put my whole soul into it and do the very best I can do you know it of course um, was great that you had a passion coming into this right in uh, neuroscience and absolutely um, I mean that that sort of is a huge driver um, but point is well taken Sophia, we are starting to wind down here. I thought if you had some interesting memory or anecdote or vignette you want to share about research or any experience, that would be great. Yeah, um, I would say um, a lot of the times 
research isn't successful and a lot of the times um, you mess up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is this is one thing I struggle with, especially going into a lab at UCSD where everything is very well established and everybody seems to know what exactly they're doing. And you're mm-hmm. entering um, with little experience compared to everybody else. Um, you're entering yeah. as a transfer student um, and there's already a bit of a stigma with uh, transferring. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've struggled um, very, very much though with imposter syndrome. Um, and so I think it's important to, when you're going to the lab, to realize that um, you have just as much right to be there as everybody else. And yeah. that regardless of, you know, you're going to make mistakes when you go in, and that's not a reflection on your person, your personal character, or your abilities in lab, because everybody makes mistakes. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, enjoy the experience and work hard um, and it will pay off. Cool. So Sophia, this uh, has been truly very inspiring. So um, A, your experience is really rich and diverse and wide. And I hope you continue on your path and achieve all the stuff you want to achieve. And I would like to talk to you in the future, but for right now, take care, be safe, and thank you so much. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Hi again. Hope you enjoyed our podcast with Sophia Barber on her undergraduate journey. Sophia's family's neurological condition created a passion in her for research. She was hence able to find a way to do research at Pasadena Community College. This led to her applying and being awarded the Goldwater Scholarship. Now at UCSD, she is pursuing her research in the neurobiology lab on the neurological condition that her grandfather, mom, and sister have. I hope Sophia's story motivates you to explore undergraduate research in college in your area of interest or passion. For your questions or comments on this podcast, please email podcast at almamatters.io. Thank you all so much for listening to our podcast today. Transcripts for this podcast and previous podcasts are on almamatters.io forward slash podcasts. To stay connected with us, subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, or visit anchor.fm forward slash almamatters to check us out. Till we meet again. Take care and be safe. Thank you. College Matters. Alma Alma Matters. Matters.